guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, how are you? Hey guys, it's me, Emma's Thing. Welcome to episode seven of the That's What He Said podcast. So happy to have you here. So it is Wednesday, but it's not the morning. I did it differently today. Not that anyone gives a shit or anyone would ever know unless I told you, but usually I record in the mornings and this morning I woke up with a pretty gnarly headache and basically was like, I'm going to give myself the morning into the early afternoon to feel better and feel up for hearing myself talk at you guys. And that's exactly what I did. So let's get the uh, pleas for um, making me feel more confident and better about myself and what I'm trying to do here out of the way up top. So I will say, I usually save this for the end, but if you can take a second to rate this podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or both, that would be awesome. Better than that, If you want to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. And the biggest thing that I am pleading for right now is that you share the podcast. Word of mouth is and always has been the best type of advertising. And I can self-promote until I'm blue in the face and so fucking sick of myself. But if you guys share this podcast, then I obviously am able to reach so many other people that may not know about me. And, you know, maybe we're a perfect fit for each other. Maybe they don't even know what they're missing. And you think that they would love this podcast or there's something about me or one of my podcast episodes that you feel would really resonate with them. You have no idea how much that helps me and how much I appreciate it. So thanks in advance for supporting your girl. You're the best and I love you for it. And now let's get into this week's episode because I feel like we have a lot to cover. So let's start how we always do with part one that I like to call, what have you even been doing? So last week before the weekend had started, I ran my first 5k on my own outside on the Katy Trail, which is a very popular trail a running, a running, a biking, a walking, a social rollerblading, whatever you can do on this trail, you're probably allowed to do. Um, it's very, very popular in Dallas. And I decided that for my first 5K run, I was going to do it big and do it out in the public eye and not around my neighborhood, which I realize like I stick around my neighborhood because it's not a super popular trail where people can witness me dying a slow death as I jog incredibly slow. So I did that and it was hard. It was horrible, y'all. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was 
really rough, but I did it. I, I started to film the whole thing, not the whole thing, but kind of film like pre-run and a little bit, you know, during the run and then post-run. And I was just like, I, when I was halfway through that run, I was like, fuck this. I People don't need to see this. Like, what is this going to do for anyone? It's literally just going to be a video of me being really nervous um, and then doing the run and literally trying not to die and then dying afterwards. So anyway, I posted like a few Instagram stories when it was complete. And God, I, y'all, I think I'm just like constantly dehydrated. And I really, really try not to be. I think that I'm good about drinking water, but I think I'm coming to the realization that I am not at all. We have like 3,000 water bottles. And I feel like I'm that type of person who I think I'm going to get a new, like this water bottle is going to be the water bottle that solves my dehydration problem. Like something about this water bottle is going to motivate me to drink more water. And can we just talk for a second about how that's not completely false? Like how much water I drink is dependent upon the vessel in which it's coming from or coming out of, you know, how cold it is, if the water is high quality, this, that, and the other. Um, but no water bottle seems to solve my dehydration issue, no matter how many new ones I get. So I say all that because by the end of this run, I was like, I've never had such bad cotton mouth in my entire life. It was fucking foul. Like <laughs> the video that I took after, I could not believe how white my fucking lips were. Like they were so chapped. It it looked like I was like a a, a freaking rock climber who'd been out in the wilderness for weeks on end without water and was like doing really intense sporting activity, but really I was just barely running three miles um, as a 34-year-old woman who does not drink enough water. So I'm definitely going to share a picture of how I looked um, on the That's What E Said podcast Instagram page because it just makes me laugh really hard. I mean, if you've been following me for long enough, you know that I get a kick out of, you know, being self-deprecating um, and also like showing the the grosser side of life. Like, I'm not a pretty princess, and most everyone I know isn't either. And so I just think it's funny to, I think it's just funny to show how hideous and ugly you can be sometimes. It brings everyone back down to earth, you know? But anyway, that was, it was a big accomplishment. It was. And um, although it, I did feel like shit and it wiped me out literally for the rest of the day, like it rendered me completely useless. I, I accomplished something. I mean, I, I hit my goal. I started that couch to 5k app because I wanted to be able to run a 5k. And although I did stop several times during the run um, to take breathers, I completed it. I'm giving myself credit for it and I'm I'm very proud of myself. I don't know what's next in my running journey. Um I I pretty much immediately downloaded the Couch to 10K app, which really should be like the 5K to 10K app um because that's the next level in this program. 
but I don't know. It's like I downloaded it. I haven't done a run um, with the program yet because the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, teach myself how to run or get comfortable with running the past few months because I want to become a long distance runner. That's it. That couldn't be farther from the truth. I, I just wanted to learn how to run. So when I do my cardio during the week, like my allotted amount of cardio that my trainer assigns to me, I can run for that cardio instead of walking and, you know, maybe get a little more out of it because of that pace. So I did that. I have, I have accomplished that. So I'm kind of thinking right now, I'm just going to continue to get my body and my cardio health used to, you know, running two miles maybe every time that I run. Um, yesterday I went on a two and a and a quarter mile run and that was good. Um, my calf is very fucked up today, so that sucks. But I'm where I have always dreamed of being in terms of not crapping out at two minutes of a run. And that's really all I could have asked for with these past few months of training. So that 5K happened on Thursday of last week. And then we were into the weekend. So Friday night, um, it was Zach's idea to go to the movies, which I love going to the movies so much. I mean, I know that sounds incredibly brain dead and basic to say, but it was such a thing in my family growing up, like every single weekend until my sister and I were old enough to drive. And even after that, the Golden family went to the movies on Friday night, sometimes on Saturday night, sometimes on both nights as a collective unit and saw the latest films. Of course, once we left for college and then after college and all of that, I mean, lifestyles changed, lives changed. Um, so I haven't been in the habit of going to the movies like I did when I was growing up for forever, which I'm sure many of you can relate to. So now going to the movies, and especially now after the two years of the pandemic, now going to the movies is such a treat. And it's not something that's like super top of mind all the time. It's not it's not like, a oh, well yeah, like we should just go to the movies sort of a thing. It's a very special occasion when we do. So when Zach suggested we do that, I was like, yeah, that sounds freaking amazing. And then we checked out, you know, what's playing. And I realized that I was so excited at the end of last year about licorice pizza. But because we weren't in the habit of going to movies, we never actually made it to the theater to see it. And I realized that it was still playing at the Alamo Draft House in Lake Highlands. And I was like, oh, my God, I wanted to see that so bad. Let's do that. I loved Alamo Draft House. Yay. So that was our Friday night. And um, Licorice Pizza was amazing. I will talk about that more in part two of today's episode because that's where it should live. Um, but let's just say that I've been listening to the motion picture soundtrack nonstop since we saw it on Friday night. So Saturday is kind of when Zach and I decided to celebrate Valentine's Day or not, maybe not celebrate, maybe just like recognize it honor it. I don't know. Um, so we had facials at Vivian's Boutique Spa at 11 a.m. That was both our first time for facials. And he they offer like a men's one there and they use all Jack Black products. And and then I got one called Poor Perfection or something like that. 
And I was a little nervous because I have historically very sensitive skin, but they have you fill something out way ahead of time, like at least a week to five days ahead of time to talk about any of your concerns or like so they can record it and write them down. And really the only the only major thing for me is lavender, the fragrance, the scent, whatever does not agree with my skin at all. Like I've had my worst reactions when I use products that even have a smidgen of lavender in them. Luckily, Vivian's doesn't use anything with lavender in it for facial. So we were in the clear and it was lovely. Um, I definitely prefer massages 100%. And also it wasn't a hydrofacial, which I've heard are the way to go if you're going to get a facial. It was still... I mean, it was gorgeous. It was so relaxing, so relaxing to the point where I think I definitely started passing out. I almost always pass out during any sort of spa experience. Like if I, I mean, I have fallen asleep during so many massages to the point where like I twitch really hard and wake myself up. I think there was one time I was getting a massage and the masseuse was laughing because I was like involuntarily, um, grabbing her hand like when she was like massaging my hand and my fingers and my palms I was basically passed out and like grabbing onto it like holding hands um so don't have a great track record there for not being creepy but it was really lovely Zach really enjoyed his he got a scalp massage which I was very jealous of I I got a shoulder and neck massage along with mine and she used some sort of tool on my face I mean, to be quite honest, I was like halfway paying attention. I can't even tell you what it was or really what it did. I mean, I I have a feeling it had something to do with pores because the facial was called a porefection facial. Um, all I know is that I didn't have a bad reaction to any of it. And that's like my number one tell. So I was happy with it. Oh, I forgot to mention that before we got the facials, we went to Jaram's Donuts off of Abrams um, in Lake Highlands. And I had not, I've been craving a donut for the entire week. I don't know where that came from. I don't usually crave donuts that much. I mean, like donuts for me are, donuts for me remind me of like corporate America. Like that's like the only time that I would be eating donuts is if I was working in a nine to five desk job and they were brought in for free to the office and put in like the common room for everyone to awkwardly like take pieces of throughout the day. So it had been a minute since I had some donuts, but for whatever reason, I woke up on Saturday and I was like, can we please go to Jerams for these facials? And we went and oh my God, it's like, I don't know how I could forget how good Jerams donuts are, but I did. And I was freaking out. We got like a red velvet cake one, a red velvet old fashioned one. I got like a super valentine heart shaped one with just like white icing and some valentine decor. We got donut holes. I mean, we went all out and we had we munched on them on the way over to our facials and then obviously throughout the rest of the day. And it was a fucking delight. So Zach had ordered some sort of some sort of food to surprise me with on Saturday, but he had ordered it before I realized that I was going to go to the Be There in Five rescheduled show at Southside Ballroom on Saturday night. 
and he was concerned because he was like this the the food that I ordered is very fresh and I feel like we have to eat it day of and so I was like okay um well, I think that's okay. Maybe we can just do like a fancy lunch. I had no idea what it was. Like he had ordered, he had ordered us um, oysters from the East Coast when I quit my job back in the summer of 2020. So I was thinking maybe it, it would be more oysters, which God, I could literally sit around eating oysters all day. But can we talk about how so many places have oysters, but they don't come with the mignonette? They just come with cocktail sauce or tartar sauce. No, not tartar. Sorry, cocktail sauce. Oh, my God. I sound so unsophisticated. <laughs> um, and lemon and whatever. But I feel like more often than not, I go to places and they don't have the mignonette, which is literally the best fucking part of eating oysters, in my opinion. I, But I have an affinity for vinegar-based uh, very savory sauces and dressings and liquids. Anywho, so we get home from facials and whatever Zach had ordered had arrived and I still had no idea. And so, um, you know, we bring in the package and open it and it's fucking live lobsters, y'all. Like, what? Like, legitimate lobsters. They were still fucking alive. And I have so many mixed feelings about this. I was so excited. I was so upset. I was scared. I was hungry. I I just, I hardly knew what to do with myself. Um, so right then and there, it was decided that, yes, obviously these lobsters had to be eaten right now. But he'd ordered the surf and turf package from whatever this company was. He told me, but I forget because I don't know if you have noticed yet, but I just like halfway pay attention to shit. Um, halfway pay attention to the details. It makes um, me a really good employee. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we decided that we were going to save the filet mignon portion for Valentine's night on Monday night because we could throw those in the freezer because they were still like pretty much frozen. So our plan was set. And I sort of have a funny history with lobster. So the first time that I tried it, I was a kid. And like every kid is a fucking picky eater. Like show me a kid who isn't and I will show you my left tit. But I remember so vividly the first time that my sister and I tried lobster. We were living in Connecticut and my parents, it had to be some sort of special occasion. And they had lobster at home. I can't remember if they were live or not. I feel like they probably were. And I didn't like any seafood at that point. But I just remember trying a bite of lobster and absolutely wanting to die and vomit and diarrhea all at the same time. Like I so vividly remember thinking it was the worst taste I'd ever, ever had in my entire life. And my life was not I hadn't lived a lot of life at that point. I was definitely still in my single digit ages. Like I was probably six or seven. And I was just like, that is so fucking foul. So obviously, as I grew up, my taste changed. But I never had like a, a full lobster to myself. Like I feel like I'd had lobster rolls maybe once, maybe twice. I don't know. Um, definitely lots of sushi, lots of seafood. Love that. But 
I mean, lobster in and of itself is such a delicacy. I mean, it's not like a that's a it's a fancy ass thing to be consuming. So it makes sense that I don't have a lot of run ins with it in my life. Um, But the first time that I tried just lobster again and had a whole lobster to myself was this past October when Zach and I went to Maine to celebrate our engagement and just take like a fall trip. And we went to this incredible fucking restaurant called Scales. Oh my God. It was one of the top five meals of my entire life. And I still think that I, I think I still haven't written a Maine recap blog post, which I really need to do. I'm a horrible, horrible blogger. But that was the first time that we each ordered a full lobster to ourselves and I ate the entire thing and it was absolutely incredible. So this was a really special thing that Zach got these for us for Valentine's. I just wasn't fully prepared to commit murder on Saturday. Usually I feel like I have a heads up when I'm going to kill something. This really just blindsided me. And I know that lobsters you know slash crustaceans don't have a nervous system so that did make me feel better but they were moving y'all they were fucking moving and one of them was like really active and just like thinking about it right now is giving me like nauseous goosebumps and I'm also still very much a child at heart so I'm just thinking about all of like the cartoon lobsters that I've seen and I'm like, no, they do have feelings. They know I'm a murderer. I'm literally about to kill this innocent sea creature that was just living its fucking life. And now I'm going to put it into a pot of boiling ass water and like kill it and then crack its fucking claws open and eat its meat. Like, ah! And it's really funny that I'm reacting like this to the lobster because I fucking eat meat every day. Every day. I eat chicken. I eat turkey. I eat way too much red meat probably. So we don't have two massive soup pots, you know? Like we only have one really, really big one and then one like medium-sized one. And But Zach wanted to like boil them at the same time. So... Um, you know, he did the first lobster and like the really big one. And then he had me take the more active lobster who like had a personality and who was like trying to fucking escape the styrofoam and put it in the medium sized pot, which it like didn't even really fit into. And so <laughs> it's like I put it in and then I was like, oh, my God, ah! like it's it's not submerged. Holy fuck. Like this is I'm torturing it. And Zach just, you know, pushed it on down and got it completely under the hot, hot boiling water. Um, and it was delicious. The lobster was absolutely phenomenal. I even melted a bunch of uh, salted butter to so we could dip our lobster meat in. And for whatever reason, I mean, this is all Zach, but he has like an abundance of um, claw c- crackers. I don't know what you call them and even like the teeny tiny little forks that you poke the meat out with guys guys as you can tell I don't know my seafood eating terminology but basically it was a damn delight and such a fun different way to celebrate Valentine's during the day so then evening came around and I went to the be there in five podcast slash 
Taylor Swift sing and dance along show at Southside Ballroom with my best friend Whitney. And it was such a good time. Kate Kennedy is just so fucking well spoken. Like, I'm just in awe of her anytime she talks. And sometimes it feels so over my head. And then other times it's exactly in my head. And I'm like, wow, why can I not articulate things like that? Um, But it was awesome. And she announced that she got a second book deal, which is fucking amazing and it's going to be a collection of essays from her and she read an excerpt on stage on Saturday night and it was just so good like oh it's just so so good so well written I cannot wait for that to come out now I will say that Whitney and I didn't stay super long and we didn't stay super long because we were supposed to get an early dinner before the show. The show was the show was early. The show was at like 7 p.m., um, which I'm not complaining about because I fucking love an early show and an early bedtime on a Saturday night. However, we were supposed to get food beforehand, but the plan fell through. So Whitney and I were like, screw it. We'll just we'll just go to the show. It's OK. We can handle it on empty stomachs and we'll figure out food afterward. Well, jokes on us. After, you know, a collective average of 35 years of life, we still have not learned our lesson when it comes to making sure that you eat fucking dinner before you fucking drink. I know. It's like, what the hell? How stupid can you be? But we were, you know, feeling our youth on Saturday and we really, really thought that we could handle it. So we went to the show and we each only had two vodka soda with limes. That's it. Just two drinks. And we were very drunk. And we and it happened so quickly. Like by the time Kate was done with her speaking portion and it was on to the Taylor Swift singing and dancing portion, Whitney and I were like the first ones on the dance floor. I had picked her up. I was spinning her around, um, making making a scene like we used to be so good at. And we just got a little carried away. So it was only like 9, 9.30, I want to say. And Whitney and I were dying of hunger. Um, It's all like I keep talking about. We were acting like it was the fucking end of the world. Like we had to get out of there and go get food immediately. Or literally, we would not live to see another day. And so her husband ended up coming to pick us up and... I think that we were like debating in the car about if we should go somewhere for drive through or what. But also her husband was blaring the music and I felt so sick. Like it's like the drunkenness and the nausea hit me at the same time. And I was just trying not to throw up in the back seat. So I just said, take me home. And I got home and pretty much like collapsed into the front door into Zach's arms and I asked him yesterday I was like on a scale of one to ten how dramatic was I when I got home on Saturday night and he was like I would say eight and a half (laughs) so he gave me that one and a half that one and a half he let me have that so I thank him um But I just was like, I need food now. I'm so hungry. I have to eat. I don't know. I don't even know what I want. Oh, Zach, I'm so hungry that I'm not even hungry. You know what I mean? So 
he threw me in the car and we went to Taco Bell. Of course, Taco Bell is our fucking kryptonite. Don't at me. I grew up on it. Literally growing up in Connecticut, my family dined in at Taco Bell weekly. Like it was a spot for the Golden family to go to. Ellen actually choked on a tortilla shell there one time. She almost died. My dad had to give her the Heimlich in the bathroom. That's a whole story for another time, even though I basically just told you the whole story. But Taco Bell is our shit. And I'm so happy that my life partner loves Taco Bell as much as I do. I'm not sure if it would have worked out if he didn't. I have dated guys before who hate it. And like, I'm not with them. I didn't end up with them. I don't know. I'm just saying, draw your own conclusions. So we go through the Taco Bell line. I get my usual, which is a cheesy gordita crunch forever. And then two crunchy tacos because one gordita crunch is not enough. But I don't want to have two gordita crunches because that's a lot of fucking fat and calories. I scarf all of it down when I get home. And as I take the last bite of my crunchy beef taco, I immediately decide that we did not get enough Taco Bell and that I need more, but I'm not going to have Zach drive back out to Taco Bell because he's already put up with so much in the last half hour. So I Uber Eats another cheesy gordita crunch and another crunchy taco to the house. (laughs) And I honestly don't have like a super, it's fuzzy to me. It's a little fuzzy to me. Um, I've become a lightweight, you guys. It sucks. I, It's age. It's, it's lifestyle. I just, it doesn't take as much for me anymore. So I don't really remember how Zach reacted to me ordering more Taco Bell. I just know that I did. And I was like, you can have the crunchy taco. I just really want another cheesy gordita crunch because one is not enough. And I got the cheesy gordita crunch and the crunchy taco. Zach did not want the taco. I had the cheesy gordita crunch, which I just have to say was not even as good as the first one. Like, I just, that's the one thing. Like, I just wish there was a little more consistency at Taco Bell when it came to cheesy gordita crunches. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. I actually know a girl who works there in marketing. Natalie, if you're listening to this, we need to talk. And went to bed. And then Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday. So we didn't really do much. We were hosting people, um, but I'd already placed an order for a bunch of hot wings from Buffalo Wild Wings way earlier in the week. So all I all I really had to do on Sunday in terms of getting ready to host was go pick up the wings. So we worked out and just got the house in order and um, a couple of our friends came over. It was very chill. There was queso also Whitney's husband Inc he made this like amazing a snack that was basically like a tostada with really deliciously seasoned ground beef on it and then he blended together like a tomatillo sauce and it sounds really simple but it was so so amazing like the flavor profiles were so good it was super salty and in the best way. The game itself sucked. Um, God, it was so boring. I just could not give, I could not give any less of a shit about either team. But that Super Bowl halftime show, though, oh my God, y'all! Like, it got all of us so hyped. It was so good. It was just so good. I loved it. Loved every second of it. We were all up dancing, being idiots. Um, and then if you were paying attention to my Instagram, I basically passed out right after the halftime show. Like I could not hang. I obviously didn't have a great sleep the night before because I was drunk and full of cheesy gordita crunch. 
But yeah, I just uh, passed out on one of the couches. So I'm an awesome host. Thank God it was just like my closest friends who were over. They could hang and it was fine. So that was the weekend. And then Monday was actual Valentine's Day. And it was also my niece and nephew's first birthday a year ago on Valentine's Day in 2021. Jack and Sloan were born out of my sister's vagina. And they're the most beautiful babies in the entire universe. And I want to eat Sloan's face every time that I see it. And I just cannot like I mean, they were super premature. They were like eight and a half weeks premature, I want to say. Um, and they are thriving. They looked like little alien weirdos a year ago. And now they are just gorgeous, gorgeous babies. So we had a 5 p.m. Zoom call with my sister and her wife and the baby so we could sing happy birthday to them and watch them eat cake that my sister made for them. It actually looked so good. It was like a funfetti cake, which I have decided for anyone who's keeping track, I've decided that I want our wedding cake to be a funfetti cake and I want it to be covered in sprinkles. So if you are a baker or you know someone in the wedding industry who would be um, uh, willing to execute that for the right amount of money, I would be very happy to speak with them. But anyway, it's just every first birthday that I've witnessed is so funny because they just have no fucking idea what's going on. It's like, obviously, you have to celebrate and recognize and like start getting them, uh, you know, accustomed to the idea of birthdays and celebrating their lives. But it's just so fucking hilarious because I think everyone expects them to know what they're supposed to do. Like, they don't know that we want them to smash their fucking faces into the cake. Like, I just think it's so funny that it's called a smash cake. Um, But it was so cute. Like, they both, like, you know, my sister cut them pieces and they actually were picking up the pieces and eating them like little tiny humans. Oh, so fucking cute. So for Valentine's night, like I said earlier, we had those filet mignons from the surf and turf package that Zach had ordered us. So I was, you know, defrosting those all day. And we decided that we were going to do twice baked potatoes and filet mignon and broccoli. And that in general, we're going to keep things super, super casual, like no dressing up or making a bigger deal of it than it is. So I handled the potatoes and the broccoli and Zach came home and I let him handle the fillets because he seemed so confident about it. Like he seemed like he knew exactly what he was doing, um, what his game plan was, and that it was going to be like a super simple, really quick thing. So we were trying to time it out. So the potatoes were done at the same time the steaks are ready to go and all of that so we have a grill out back but it's not completely set up the way that it should be just yet so we did filet mignons in the cast iron skillet and I feel like we've done that before we've definitely done a steak like that before and it turned out pretty good and Zach will admit this, and he did. He did admit this. He he said that he went into the office on Tuesday morning and immediately told his team um, how badly he fucked up our steaks for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and he did. I mean, I'm not like I don't need to like go into detail about what he did and what he didn't do, but it's just um, it, it just didn't work out. Let's just say that it didn't work out. Um, they tasted really, really bad. 
they were in that cast iron for much too long and the they tasted chemically and we were really sad I and I'm not the type like I'm not gonna sit there and make him feel bad about it and like go on and on and on like I'm gonna say my piece and we're gonna continue with the meal and thank god the twice baked potatoes were delicious and the broccoli was roasted to perfection I'm being really serious right now and all that was wonderful and it's already been stated by Zach that that will never happen again and he will always have a plan going into cooking steaks and what's so funny about all of this what's so ironic is that my dad also cannot figure out how to cook steak the way that he wants to and they've invited us over to have steak at least three times and every time it's not it's not right it's not right and it's become a running joke now in the family to the point where, you know, Zach has an Android, which honestly, you guys, I can't really talk about it. It's so triggering, but he has an Android. And the deal is the day that my dad cooks the perfect steak at home, Zach will get an iPhone. And we've been joking all along that like that day is never going to come. But now I'm like, it seems like we should put Zach in the same category as as my father. They're one and the same. But we got each other really cute cards. Zach got me some flowers and some really nice ass chocolates from this place in Chicago. He got me like peanut butter bonbons and then some sort of like marshmallow fluff uh, toffee situation and then just straight up toffee. And all of it is so good. And the same day on Valentine's Day, all the Girl Scout cookies that I ordered arrived. So we had plenty of fucking treats to make up for the lack of red meat from our dinner. And can I just say that the new Girl Scout cookie, the Adventurefuls that are basically like a brownie cookie with a slightly salted caramel filling are phenomenal. I love them. I tried one for the first time at Merritt's house several weeks ago and I didn't realize at the time that they're the type of cookie you definitely at least need two of to really get those flavors going in your mouth. Three is ideal. Okay, part two. I can't believe that it's taken us 40 minutes to get here, but part two where I talk about what I've been reading, watching, and listening to lately. So I mentioned that Zach and I saw Licorice Pizza on Friday night, which is the newest film from director Paul Thomas Anderson, and he is known for films such as There Will Be Blood, The Phantom Thread, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, The Master, Inherit Vice, and now Licorice Pizza. He also has been with Maya Rudolph from SNL since 2001. They have four kids and he's just a master of his craft. I will say that the only movie of his that I just listed that I didn't that I didn't slash don't love is The Phantom Thread. My mom and I saw that when it came out a couple years ago and just thought it was so bad and like to the point where it ended and out loud we were like what the fuck in the movie theater and these women who were also there who were either like in front of us or behind us I don't remember just started laughing and they were like what did we all just watch um but licorice pizza is the latest from Paul Thomas Anderson and it's very different than any uh, movie that he has made and he wanted to 
base it in the San Fernando Valley in California in the 1970s because that's when he was growing up there. And I think there's just like, as you know, with most places that you live in and grew up in, there is a specific culture and things so so particular to that region that only people who grew up there would understand. Um, And you could definitely feel that throughout this entire movie. And in reading a lot about the movie, I mean, he was pulling directly from his own life experiences growing up in the Valley and his friends and stuff that they got into. So it was just very, very much like a classic coming of age story. And it stars, um, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman, which like as soon as the movie started and they showed his character, Zach whispered to me like, why does that, why does he look so familiar? Like I've never seen this actor before, but why does he look so fucking familiar? And it wasn't until after the movie that we looked it up. I don't know if you guys do that, but anytime we watch a show or a movie, it's like, either during it or immediately after we're like on Google and Wikipedia looking up all the actors and their backstories and everything. Um, And I looked it up and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And it was like, oh my God, of course, of course that's who it is. They have the exact same mouth. Like, oh, it's just the craziest thing. I mean, he is like a spitting image of him just with red hair. Um, And it also stars... Um, Alana Haim from the band Haim. This is her first acting role ever. And her family and Paul Thomas Anderson have all of these crazy ties. And I only know that because this is why I love seeing movies at Alamo Drafthouse so much because Alamo Drafthouse goes the extra mile. And instead of just like really boring, stupid, shitty random entertainment on the screen before the movie starts, they have content up there based on the movie that you're about to watch. So they did this whole thing about how Licorice Pizza was made and why Alana Haim is in it. And her sisters are in the movie too. They make cameos as themselves, Danielle and Esty. And their parents are in it as well. And what's so crazy, I learned this from what they were showing before the movie started, is that the mom like Alana Heim's mom was Paul Thomas Anderson's teacher like in grade school at one point how fucking crazy is that so it was just a very like special well-connected movie and we just absolutely loved it the soundtrack is so fucking killer it's so so good like if you are into you know classic rock and music from the 70s you will love it the story is really really good super entertaining I mean we loved it so much that we were like maybe we should go back and see it again like we don't really want to wait for it to be available on tv like we'd really like to go back and spend more money to see licorice pizza a second time. So definitely recommend you seeing that if that's if that's your thing. We also finished Yellow Jackets over the weekend and I just it got so fucking creepy for me guys. I mean, I'm not like a big scary TV show or movie fan and there's something specifically about like cults that freak me the fuck out like I well I find them fascinating I also just can get very easily anxious and unhinged about them 
So the fact that, you know, you're really starting to see a cult sort of thing going on in the plot line um, really just shook me up. I don't even... I don't even know. I mean, I loved it. Like, it's it's a brilliant show, and I'm definitely going to watch season two. Like, I have to know what the fuck happens and how this all shakes out. But, oh, my God. Like, if you if you watch the show, you'll know what I mean when I say the whole, like, shroom thing. I mean, I, I've never taken shrooms. I've literally never done anything besides get too high from weed that's it and so that whole scenario just freaked me the fuck out oh my god like I just felt like I uh, my panic was just like so heightened for that entire entire thing and it was like a pretty long thing so I mean this is also why I cannot watch euphoria like I when it first came out season one episode one I watched that and even that was too much for me I was like no I can't handle this like I can't it's too dark it's just much too much too dark um and I know now I made the right decision because all I keep saying is how somehow it's like the darkest of the dark at this point I'm just like I don't even know how that's fucking possible. Are teens really like this? Like, oh my God. So anyway, love Yellow Jackets. It freaks me the hell out, but I'm not going to give up on it because I just got to know. I just got to know. I also forgot to mention last week that when I had my pity party on the Friday that our trip got canceled to Kansas, I spent the last few hours of that Friday binge watching Jonathan Van Ness's new show on Netflix called Getting Curious. So it's based off of their podcast. They are non-binary. So that's why I'm being PC and respecting that. Um, So it's based off their podcast. And it's really just, it's just random subject matter that they and their team probably decide, uh, on to to kind of investigate and quote-unquote get curious about um I did not like it at all I just I didn't like it I feel horrible saying that because I love Jonathan so much like what a light Uh, the role that they play on Queer Eye is is amazing it's always like the best part and they bring so much to that show I'm just sort of in the camp of not everybody needs their own fucking show. Like, can we just have a podcast and one awesome collective show that the world loves and you don't have to get your own thing? Because really and truly, Jonathan on their own um, is not appealing to me. Not as much as when they're in a group and it's like a group effort sort of a thing. It just becomes much too much. So I just wasn't, I just wasn't a fan. I didn't find any of the subject matter that intriguing. And I didn't necessarily love how it was filmed or all of like the silly little things that they included in the episodes with like cartoons and skits and just not a fan, not a fan. All right. Part three of the podcast is what's coming up. Honestly, if you guys are still with me, thank you. I have 
legitimately worn myself out this episode. Like I'm I'm ready to be done. So we're going to get through this quickly, but stick with me. So the biggest thing coming up, I'm so excited, is that I have my first guest on the podcast next week. And it's none other than, drum roll please, my sister. Um, we are so excited. She got a cool Bluetooth mic. We're going to figure out how to do this from afar and I'm going to have her on and we are just going to probably stick with the same format. Like I'm going to have her talk about what's been going on in her life, what she's reading, watching, listening to, what's coming up. But we're also going to get into the saga of firing my wedding planner and her stepping in as my now pseudo wedding planner, but not even pseudo because she's like legitimately my planner and it's amazing. Um, So I'm very, very excited for that. It's going to be a great episode. And this weekend, Zach and I have nothing. This is like the first weekend in a minute where I feel like we don't even have one even casual plan. So I have no idea what this weekend will bring, which is exciting. Um, hopefully we'll make the most of it. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like because every motherfucking day is a different temperature in this godforsaken city. I cannot keep up with it. And then I also wanted to quickly talk about, so I I put out on my That's What E Said podcast Instagram, which you all should follow to get visual guides on my episodes every week. I put out a question box for you guys to give me feedback so far about the podcast because I'm like, well, the people who are following this account clearly are like the most loyal listeners thus far. So I want to know what they think and what they want to hear because their opinion matters the most. And someone mentioned how they would love if I talked a little more about what I do and like what kind of things I write and work on. So I just wanted to quickly touch on that. And if that's something that you guys want to know more about, I can definitely like dedicate more time and in, in another episode to it. But so I'm a full-time freelance writer and my background is in copywriting. So I have a lot of history in like advertising agencies and marketing firms where I was writing copy for a number of clients and projects and copy is just words. So it's like anything that has words, I have probably dabbled in writing. So like pamphlets, obviously website copy, emails, um, social posts like captions or, you know, uh, Facebook updates or LinkedIn stuff, um, blogs, obviously, whether they're short or long or like full length articles. When I was first starting out, um, I, you know, I wrote like billboards, like actual billboards that you see when you're driving down the highway. I wrote TV commercials. I wrote radio commercials. So it's just writing. Um, And it's a great way to make a living as a writer if you're not into, you know, wanting to be like a legitimate journalist or, you know, you don't want to just write long form articles for different websites and have to pitch yourself all the time. So I truly write everything under the sun. I get I get new clients and one-off clients all the time, so it keeps it incredibly interesting. I have one retainer client who is a huge fashion blogger, and you guys probably know who I'm alluding to. I have been writing for her for years and years, and um, I write for her pretty much full-time. Like It doesn't take up all of my days, and I'm still just like, uh, you know, under contract, but, um, that's like a really 
big chunk of my work. I also write for a couple of other fashion bloggers, um, just not as frequently. Like I said, I'm always getting new clients and new inquiries and working on super random one-off things. So um, something really exciting that I've been working on for the past like month or so, I can't say too much about it because I had to sign an ND, N- NDA, yeah, an NDA, but it's in like the fitness realm and I've been writing scripts for them for something and it has been so fucking fun. I love working with them. They love me and I think we're trying to figure out some sort of like retainer situation and so we can keep working together, which is so exciting um, because I love writing scripts in any capacity and it's obviously even more fun that it's like fitness centric because I love fitness. So it, it feels like a really good fit. I also had a follower's mother reach out to me. This follower knows that I'm a writer and she knew that her mom needed some work with some PR stuff and marketing stuff. And it's for an amazing cause and it involves some incredible women. And um, it's just been so amazing to, to connect with this woman. And I'm actually going to be writing. I've started writing her stuff that she needs. Um, and I am turning that over to her on Friday. I also might start writing for a local salon who needs a lot of help. In the past month, I've been helping this other podcast that um, is not super well known. I've been helping them with like their bios and their media kit and their backstory. I just got some new work this week for a production company that needs some bios for their website and some blogs. I actually even just got an email today about like donut, like a donut company. I mean, it's it's just it's amazing. It's a fucking dream for me. Like as as a creative and especially as a writer, you know, what's so fun and what keeps things so fresh is getting all of these new challenges and clients because it really makes you exercise that muscle with, you know, putting on different hats and having to speak in different tones and you know, this client sounds like this and this one sounds like this. I mean, all of it's so different. Everyone has such different needs. And so that it's definitely what keeps me on my toes. And I just am so fortunate that I figured out this situation for myself and it's what I can do full time. And um, truly, if you ever have any writing needs, like it can be anything. It could be a cover letter. It could be uh, your Instagram bio. Um, it could be, you know, a fucking a, a breakup text that you want to send to someone and, and you want me to look over it. I mean, it, it's like my writing skills know no bounds and I don't discriminate. So if you ever have something or know someone who needs something, have them reach out to me, have them fill out the form on my website and see if we can't work something out. Okay, guys, I am officially talked out. Like, I'm just sitting here. It's it's 20 to 4. I already, like, want a beer or a glass of wine or something. I have to go edit this. Um, I love you so much. Thank you for listening to me ramble on and on. I'm really pumped for next week's episode. Just as a reminder, please rate, review, subscribe, share. Do what you can 
to keep my inspiration going to record this fucking podcast. I'm like Tinkerbell. I need applause and praise and reassurance to stay alive and to keep going. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a fantastic weekend. (laughs) 